Welcome to The Expositor Podcast with Dr. Stephen J. Lawson. Dr. Lawson is the founder and president of One Passion Ministries. The Expositor Podcast is focused on taking your preaching to the next level. Now, here's Dr. Lawson. Well, I have a very interesting session for us uh, this time, and it deals with um, what is the place of a public invitation to get up out of your pew or seat and walk forward uh, to an altar? Um, Let me just say, first of all, that there should be the appeal to lost people to give their life to Jesus Christ. So... um, I'm not saying that the sermon should not say, you need to commit your life to Christ. You need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, even this moment. Uh, I'm not saying that. In that sense, the whole sermon should be uh, a gospel invitation. Having said that, though, um, there are many churches in which at the end of the sermon, at the end of the service, uh, the preacher will give an invitation to get up out of your seat, and walk down an aisle and talk to him or to a, to a counselor and with the singing of multiple verses. And um, so what is the place of that? Well, let me just say, let me answer this on three different levels. First of all, biblically. There is no place in the entire Bible where that is either commanded, taught, or practiced. Um, Jesus gave gospel invitations. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But as he says that, or enter by the narrow gate, he is not saying to those people with their feet to walk from point A to point B. It's referring to the heart, to come to Christ in your heart, to take the decisive step of faith in your soul and and in your heart. Um, Nowhere in the Bible... Is there an example of anyone who got up and and walked forward? And I know someone may say, well, on the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 people who responded. How did they know uh, that 3,000 people responded? Well, somehow they did. I don't know. The text doesn't say. It certainly does not say that Peter said, I'm going to have the choir sing this last verse and God's people to pray and intercede. And uh, if you're in the balcony, please keep coming and we'll continue to sing. Uh, Peter never said anything like that. Um, So there's no biblical example whatsoever. And I've heard a very well-known evangelist say, everyone that Jesus called to himself, he called publicly. Well, that's just not so. Um, Jesus called Nicodemus privately, one-on-one by night. Jesus called the rich young ruler privately, individually. So, biblically, there's just no precedence, there's no pattern, there's no example, there's no precept for anyone to walk forward publicly. Uh, Second, historically, this was never even practiced until the 19th century. So, for 1,800 years, somehow, someway, God saved His elect without uh, them having to, to walk forward down a sawdust trail uh, to talk to a counselor at the head of a meeting. Um, it all basically became popularized with the ministry of Charles Finney, um, and, uh, who was in the New York State area. Um, 
you need to know several things about Charles Finney. Number one, I don't believe he was even a converted man. I don't think he knew the Lord. He certainly denied justification by faith alone. Uh, he died, denied what is the very heart and hinge of the gospel. Um, second, wherever he preached, it was known as the burned over district. And out of that area came Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, just as the, the abuse of this invitational system to get up and walk forward. So historically, you need to understand that for 1,800 years, no one ever walked forward. You say, well, what about George Whitfield? <laughs> no one walked forward when George Whitfield was preaching. Um, the third level with which to answer this is experientially, just my own personal experience. And if I could take just a moment to tell you, when I graduated from seminary, I went to a Southern Baptist church. I was the college pastor. Um, and I was also the young marrieds pastor, uh, a, a large Southern Baptist church. And I remember the first weekend, um, I led a young marrieds retreat. First weekend I was there, there were about 20 couples. I didn't know any of them. I said, let's just go around the room and everyone give me your name and your testimony when you came to faith in Christ. By the time we went around this circle, um, I, my jaw was on the floor. I was, I was overwhelmed with what I, with what I was hearing because probably 30 out of the 40 people said that they walked forward, their life never changed, uh, they weren't converted, they thought they were, it wasn't until, and they went to college, they sowed their wild oats, prayed for crop failure, um, lived like the devil, uh, got married, had children, now finally we need to get serious about the Lord and at, you know, 15 years later come to a decisive point where they commit their life to Jesus Christ. And they had lived in a false delusion for years. And I think really in large measure because of this walking forward became the, the, the landmark of their supposed conversion. Um, I, 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 I determined I wasn't going to add to the confusion. But what was also added to that, I was the guy in this Baptist church who stood in front of the pulpit and after the preacher preached, people walked forward. I'm the guy who received everybody. And I'm to take them in a side room and get the information from them and then represent them before we finish the invitational hymn. Well, these people who have come forward, they don't even, many of them didn't have a clue what they were responding to, whether join the church, be saved. I mean, they're trying to sort it out in their own mind. And I, I felt like I was driving the getaway car from a bank robbery, like I'm an accomplice in the crime. And I said to the pastor, I can't continue to do this with a clear conscience. We don't know what they are doing, what they want to do. We don't know that they even understand the gospel or they're lost or... Um, this is just adding to the confusion. And I also then pastored a very large Southern Baptist church that, you know, the lifeblood is this invitational system. I mean, the building was built at the... the even the aisles are so wide that there can be a flood of people who can come forward. There's a huge area in front of the pulpit. Um, and from my experience, hardly anyone would walk forward. 
Uh, first of all, there were so many people in the building, they're, they're intimidated to walk forward in front of that many people. You would have never gotten my mother to walk forward in front of a group larger than 10 people. But there would always be a knock on the door after the sermon. I've gone back to my office. Pastor, do you have a moment? One by one by one by one by one by one, week after week after week, people are being saved. They're not walking forward. They're coming to me privately, personally, with questions, and they want uh, counseling. And without TV cameras going and people watching them and music playing and choir singing, they want to sit one-on-one with me in a quiet, secluded place. Pastor, this is what's going on in my heart. This is what I feel God is indicating. Give me some insight. And one by one by one, I was able to see people converted to Christ. That's just out of my own experience. And I think that it just adds to the confusion. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that says you cannot do this. So if you're a pastor who gives a public invitation, I I don't think you're the Antichrist or that your church is in heresy. you, you ha- every person has to make their own decision on this. But I'm telling you, it's nowhere in the Bible. Uh, historically, it didn't even exist for 1,800 years. It's a very American thing. And also experientially, I've just seen such a, an abuse of it that I, I just can't continue to, to participate in it. Having said that, I still preach in churches where they do that. And I'll always just step out of the pulpit at that point and, and have the, the local pastor step into the pulpit and he can carry this out according to their tradition. And I'm very happy that I was asked to preach there and it's not a problem for me. I'm just answering this as I can speak to you personally about this matter. Preach the gospel. Call people to faith in Christ. Be passionate about it and let God work.